Warning, Family Ties Positive Vibes may or may not contain any positive vibes. However, it is sure to contain three members of a family trying their best. Welcome to Family Ties Positive Vibes, a podcast about our lives and the meaningless nonsense behind all of it. My name is Michael Summers. According to some, I am John Summers. And I am Linnell Summers. It is summer now, and it is hot. The dog days of summer. Hot, hot, hot. It's 110 degrees at worst here, and it's 100 degrees at best. But if you get up early, you have a nice, cool 75-degree morning? For about an hour. Yes. And By I... 8 o'clock, you've got to turn the air conditioning back on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so here in southernish California, it is not happy, but we're dealing with it like we've dealt with it our entire lives. Well, it's July, and this is what July is supposed to be. Right. So when this episode comes out in August or September... We'll be looking back fondly as it's just as hot during those months. Maybe hotter. <laughs> I made the mistake last night of not turning on my fan, but I was so tired that I decided, you know what, I'll just open the window, and it didn't help. Did you just wake up in a pool of sweat halfway through the night? Yes. I. Here's the thing, I laid down on my stomach when I fell asleep, so I just woke up and I flopped over, and I swear there was an actual puddle on me. <laughs> I just slid off. And like, yeah, no, I've had that before. It's gross. It's not fun at all. I don't like the stickiness. The fans are kind of essential for sleeping. Yeah, is that your big week in review, John? Uh, no, that is not. Okay, what, what happened to you this week? So... I am working for a company, and my boss, his first language is not English. So sometimes there's a little bit of miscommunication between me me and him. Sometimes there's a little miscommunication between him and anyone else. So in negotiating the terms of our, I will say, contract with a retailer, he brought me along just to make sure that everyone was on the same page. So I did most of the negotiation for our terms with our retail provider for the company I work for. And that's, that was kind of interesting. Wow. So what did you learn? Uh, nothing. Really? I, I learned to be positive, to be upbeat, to be kind, but I already knew that I should be those things. Those are but... the most important skills in any job. And now you've got a great resume builder. Oh, yes. I can, I can absolutely guarantee that if I want to go anywhere else, I can just put Mr. Sayez on my... I can put him on my resume, and he might be able to vouch for me, depending on how well they speak English. Yes, because once again, it, he <laughs> needs a, uh, a translator. He, he likes me a lot, and I like him a lot, and I like working there, but there are just a couple moments a day. Well, you know what? Sometimes it's those stretch moments where you're outside your comfort zone where you really do probably learn the most. So that's a really good opportunity for you. I handle it well, I think at least, because I do gesture in my regular talking as well, uh-huh. and that lends itself well to communication. Okay, well, Mr. Saez is a friend of mine too, so I'm really glad that you're helping him out. Yeah, it's a good time there. How about you, Michael? So I'm going to preface this with I'm perfectly fine. That's a good start to a story. <laughs> uh, my week in review, I fell off a ladder while dealing with the electrical wiring and the ceiling at my place of work. Oh my god, Michael, are you okay? No. Oh. Not a surprise, though. <laughs> so please give us a little bit more detail, Michael. How... Do we need to amputate? Why were you doing this? Yes. uh, Actually, as we're recording this, a doctor is sawing my leg off 
Are right we, now. Are we sure that's a doctor? He looks like he has one eye. He showed me he had some kind of credential. Well, I've been told that when your limbs have been removed, you still feel them as if they're still there. So are you sure you don't uh, have a leg? You know what? I guess I'm never going to be certain <laughs> if that's the case. You can look forward to the Phantom Pains later, Michael. Oh, uh, God, that's my least favorite Star Wars movie. <laughs> Anyways, I was wiring our office with Ethernet because most of the rooms actually have Ethernet wiring plugged into them. It's just they don't actually connect to anything. So my job was connecting at least one of those rooms to the router that we have on the other side of the building, which means I had a hundred foot cable that I was stretching through the ceiling from one end of the office to the other. And that got frustrating really quickly. Yeah, that sounds like a two person job. It really should have. Well, at least like It probably would have been easier if I had another person helping me, but I didn't care at the time. I was going to power through it, and power through it I did, but not before at one point getting really frustrated because that 100-foot cable got tangled in the ceiling at one point. And it turns out trying to untangle a cable while you're on top of a ladder is difficult at best. And it's even more difficult when you're angry. Yes, So I don't actually have any recollection of the in-between moment of being on top of the ladder and then being on the ground. All I know is I landed on my feet perfectly fine. The ladder crashed to the ground. Everyone came running to see what was going on. And I'm just standing there with my hands in the air going like, I'm fine, don't worry. Everything's fine. Go back to what you were doing. I'm just going to finish up over here. And everyone did. And my boss, who was initially concerned, was just like, okay, he says he's fine. And I'm not going to let him think otherwise. (laughs) Because then you discovered... Oh, my leg. It's ugly now, but like, eh, it looks worse than it is. It's all red and purple and sitting across the other side of the room. Yeah, I can't wait until I see what they do after they put it on ice. (laughs) I think I'm going to have them, uh, after they finish amputating it, I'll put it like, either I'll stuff it and put it up on the wall. I'm not entirely sure. I don't have a solid plan on that. I say run some copper cable through it, put a light bulb on top, and a lampshade. I love it. That's perfect. I'll have my own leg lamp. Anyways, Mom, how's your week in review been? (laughs) The summer story. (laughs) Well, I'm going to have to go back a couple of days, um, like back to July 4th. It was a Saturday, and I'm not feeling at 100%, so I wasn't quite up to running a half marathon. But a bunch of my friends decided they wanted to run a half marathon unofficially because now we're still in the coronavirus pandemic, um, social distancing. We're not supposed to race. There are no races on the calendar. And everybody just kind of wants to get out and do something. So some local friends put together a race where they parked all their cars at one park and then everybody carpooled back to the starting point. And another friend and I, we decided we could do an aid station. So she brought cowbells and we had a big ice chest full of drinks and stuff. Go on. (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry, you were doing that. Yeah, sorry, a part of your story got me. It's just, we're part of the, we're doing the coronavirus thing right now, of course. So we decided to carpool? Well, yes, (laughs) because we're fine. (laughs) Probably. Uh, To the best of my knowledge, it wasn't me. I wanted to get up at the last second possible and still make it to the aid station so I could bring a cowbell in support of them running and hand them cool beverages. Hmm. And then as soon as they uh, passed our first aid station, we hopped in our cars and drove to a second point where we raced with our ice chest up to the uh, bike path again and uh, rang our cowbells and passed out the beverages again. 
And then we hopped in our cars and drove to the finish line. So uh, yeah, we were we were kind of social distanced. Yeah, you're right. The carpooling might have been out. In retrospect, maybe not the safest decision. But, but you guys all had a good time, and it's you're all probably healthy still. You're certainly not sick right now. I'm not, but I didn't carpool. I drove my own car to the aid station, and yeah. then I drove to the finish line. Oh, then like you, yeah, the rest of yeah. the other week, it's, it's you were fine. <laughs> like you were fine. That's that's all that we care about. Yeah, no, this is our family ties, positive vibes. So and all my vibes were positive. Excellent. I think it's time for our song of the week, the one that Michael's already made. Yes, that's right. It's time for the song of the week. My song of the week uh, is B-Movie Boxcar Blues by the Blues Brothers. I'm going to ride in South Dakota With two girls in a light blue soda. You know one's name was Jane, the other was plain like the song. I've been listening to a lot of Blues Brothers lately. A few years ago, it was one of those phases that Dad had where he's going to listen to one band a whole lot in a row, and it was just one of those that I picked up on, and this was always my favorite Blues Brothers song that I heard. Yes, I recall that period very well. I also want to say that I think a piece of trivia that people might not know about is that the Blues Brothers movie is the third highest movie, I guess is how I'll describe it, with the most cars destroyed on screen. I think it totaled out to something like 102 cars in that movie. Wasn't that the second Blues Brothers movie? It might be the second Blues Brothers movie. But yes, it has a very extraordinary car crash scene, (laughs) which everyone should see, but I don't have a good way to link it right now. It's minutes long. (laughs) Of of police cars all crashing into each other in one giant pileup. Just a big old mishmash of cars. It's beautiful. It's fantastic, and that has nothing to do with this song. Mom, what's your song of the week? Okay, I am going to choose Andrea Bocelli and Ed Sheeran in their duet because, you know, I love a good mix of classical and um, pop, and their voices blend beautifully in perfect symphony. Darling, just kiss me slow. Is that one? Yeah, it's that one. All right. It is a really good song. I think we, we, I don't hear it every time I'm over here, but I hear it often. At least every other time. It's a good song, and we like listening to it while we're eating dinner sometimes. We do, and I've played it enough that it pops up in my uh, Josh Groban playlist. (laughs) Horrible. YouTube, that's not what's in there. YouTube, that's not right. YouTube knows what I like. And that's more than we ask of it, unfortunately. Sadly. John, what's your song of the week? My song of the week comes from the artist, Panic at the Disco, from the album, Vices and Virtues, and it's the song, Trade Mistakes. Trade 
This is a song I've listened to frequently. At least, I would say, 200 times in my lifetime. Is it because I left that Panic at the Disco CD in the car that you were driving for a while? It was partly because of that, and partly just because I do like the Vices and Virtues album. It's a really good album, and that's a really good song. Yeah, and I'm really glad that you left that CD in the car that I had. (laughs) Because any time I would deliver pizzas for a corporation, I would try to listen to music while I can, because otherwise it's just me sitting in silence in my car, worrying and hurrying about pizza. But Vices and Virtues made that a lot better. Awesome. And now, a word from our sponsor. Words from our sponsor. A&W Root Beer. Mm-hmm. It's good. You gotta love that sweet brown juice that we call root beer. Yeah, uh, it's very tasty. I was looking at the side of the A&W Root Beer bottle we had today, and I noticed that A&W owns the website rootbeer.com. They have the domain rootbeer.com. All of root beer. They have it on the internet. Let's see. You want to go to root beer on the internet? You got it. There's a one-stop shop. It's rootbeer.com. That's A&W. A&W. They're the best at root beer. How do we know? Because they got the website. A funny little thing that they do have on the website that I actually was a little bit surprised by is that they have different recipes for uh, different kinds of floats that you can make at home. They have your classic root beer float. There was a salty caramel crunch float. And then there was also a campfire float. What's a campfire float? Let me let me read out the recipe to you. Okay. To make it a proper campfire float, you have to start with a frosted mug. You add two scoops of s'mores ice cream, fill it to the brim with A&W root beer, top with a toasted marshmallow, mini chocolate chips, and graham cracker crumbs, and then you got yourself a campfire float. And I'd bet the socks on my feet that it tastes pretty darn good. Yeah, I'd be willing to try it. I'll try it right now. No, you won't. We don't have graham crackers or chocolate chips or marshmallows. Or uh, what was the ice cream? Uh, S'mores ice cream. Okay, we're but going next to... episode. We're probably yes. bringing back our taste testing bit. We will. Yes, come back next episode. We are going to tell you about the s'mores root beer float. Our topic of the week is dreams. We kind of didn't have like a solid plan on what to go with this. We just wanted to talk about our dreams, I think, right? And like... I think we, yes, we just kind of wanted to talk about some of the dreams we've had and some of the common dreams that apparently are out there that people have because nothing is unique. From an artistic standpoint, I feel like it's a good thing that we don't have a solid plans for dreams because how could we when a dream itself is impermeable? I mean, I forget most of my dreams, so yeah. It's, it's, it's barely metaphysical at best. Most dreams, scientifically speaking, are just expected to be products of your imagination going hog wild while you're asleep. Okay, so one day last year, one of the guys in the shop came into the office and he was really bothered about a dream he'd had. So he was telling us in specific detail points about his dream. So we did a deep dive into some of the um, common themes that are in dreams, common interpretations about dreams. We were trying to help him figure out what his dream was telling him. Pretty much we came down with it was telling him nothing. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, I feel like that's an easy answer with when you're trying to do dream fortune telling or dream discernment. That being said, does anybody have a dream that they can think of that they've had recently? I've had a handful of dreams recently, and I don't want any of them to have any concrete meaning, 
because then that would mean uh, we'd be looking a little too far into my psyche and how messed up I am. One dream that I've had within the past couple weeks, I can't remember all the details leading up to it, but I know the dream roughly ended where I was driving along, there was someone in the passenger seat of the vehicle I was driving, and they had a gun to my head. Whoa. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for the surprise there, Mom. Thanks for the shock. I'm not surprised at all. Like, I didn't have anything in my head more than, man, this person wants to kill me. I should probably figure out how to kill them before they kill me. Because if I take them where they want me to take them... You will die. I will still probably die. It doesn't matter if it's now or later. But if I can prolong it, I might figure out a way to get out of the situation. Do you recall where you were coming or going? No, I recalled it was nighttime. It kind of felt like it was out in the middle of nowhere. I also know that while the gun was to my head, I didn't actually experience any form of fear. It was more like, huh, this is a thing that's happening. Gotta, I gotta deal with it. Gotta deal with this situation now. I feel like that's a common thing in our dreams, yours and mine, Michael. Where it's, we're not ever concerned or afraid, we're just like, okay, just another thing to deal with. Over the course of my life, I remember explicitly two dreams where I was afraid. I'm not wanting to talk about those right now. Of course. How about you, John? Do you want to talk about a dream you remember? Okay. Semi-recently? A semi-recent dream that I had is, uh, I have a variations on this dream about once every four or five weeks. And it's usually something along like, I'm outside, something like a fast food place. It doesn't matter which one, it's just a fast food place. And I can never, I say whichever one because it it really doesn't matter which fast food place it is because all of them are basically the same. I'm allowed to be there, but and I know what happens there, but not what I'm doing. Anyway, um, I'm being chased by something, and I'm outside the fast food place, and it's always kind of like I'm trying to run while underwater. Like, just kind of sluggishly, or...? Kind of sluggish, so I feel like that's a common thing enough in dreams, but a kind of fun variation that I have is that since I can no longer run... I start to grab at the walls, and I'm able to propel myself forward like that. And somehow that works for me. And then usually I wake up before anything catches me or I make any headway. That's fair. Well, according to this list, being chased is one of the most common dream symbols in all cultures, and it means that you're feeling threatened. So to reflect on who's chasing you, and that may be symbolic and why they're a possible threat in the real life. I guess that's what you're working through in the dream. Yeah, the thing is that I'm, I never know what I'm being chased by, and I never know what it is. I just know that there's something that wants to get me. So it's just some generalized anxiety that it's you might be feeling? Just some phantom tigers, I guess. Interesting. Yeah. My least favorite Star Wars film. <laughs> okay, well, when I was a kid, there was a dream that I would have semi-regularly, and it was about... Uh, getting ready for the school bus because we had to take the school bus into town. We lived out in the country and it was at least a 30 minute, maybe on a bus it was a whole hour. I don't recall what time we got on the bus and what time we got to school. But it was a heck of a drive. It was a pretty, pretty much of a drive, which is why my mom didn't take us. So it was important to make the bus and the dream was I'm not ready to get out to the bus stop and the bus is coming down our road. So you need to be out there because the bus is coming and they're not going to wait for you. So there's this anxiety because the bus is coming and I'm not ready and I have to be ready. I can't go out to the bus without being ready. So thus the anxiety. And then it kind of transitioned into later in life, um, going back to school, like going back to college. 
And I know that school is about to start, and like tomorrow's the first day of school, but I haven't registered for classes yet. And I haven't gone to the bookstore, and I don't have any books, and I'm not prepared. I don't know where the classrooms are. I don't know who the teacher is. Quite honestly, I don't even know what classes I'm going to register for. So there's a lot of anxiety. So it's an interesting um, dream, and it's never the same dream, but it's kind of on the same theme. Mm-hmm. I've never actually had, I've heard a lot of those like, the kinds of dreams where like you have to go to class and you're back in school, but you haven't studied at all and you're about to have a big test. Yes. I've heard about those. I've never actually had any of those kinds of dreams. Or the kind of dreams of where it's like, oh, I'm in school. Oh no, but I'm naked and everyone's laughing at me. I do think I've had that kind of dream before. I don't think I was ever particularly upset by it. Yeah, I've, I've had one like that as well, <laughs> except... I was never, like, afraid, and no one was really pointing and laughing. I was just kind of naked and at school, and I was just kind of vibing with it. Yeah, it's just one of those, ah, shucks. Yeah. uh, I goofed. Oh, it's Wendy. They say nudity (laughs) is one of the most common dream symbols, revealing your true self to others. You may feel vulnerable and exposed. Showing off your nudity may suggest sexual urges or a desire for recognition. So it sounds to me more like you are perfectly fine with showing who you are to other people, which sounds completely in line with everything I know about you, John. Yeah. I mean, I don't try I don't try to hide much. I think I have like maybe one, two secrets at most. I think most people, their version of that dream is that they show up naked and they are ashamed, embarrassed, and they feel exposed. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of refreshing that yours is not that. Yeah, I mean, what do I have to be ashamed of? My bod isn't sinful. It's natural. Nah, it's pretty rocking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, Michael. So, well, maybe, I don't know if we're going to include that or not. I just wanted to see how awkward I can make it. So, if, if it were any other context, I would have rolled with it, but knowing that this might be released to family members. <laughs> so, one common dream, I've been reading down this list, And one common dream, I've never had this, I've never heard anyone who said they had it, and it just sounds absolutely horrific to me. Dreams about losing teeth. Oh, I know, I read that too. I've never had that dream. I don't know anyone either that's had that one. That was interesting to me. Like, is that a common thing where like you dream and just while you're like existing, all of your teeth are falling out? I feel like it's not... I feel like it should be a gradual thing, shouldn't it? Like you lose one tooth and it's like, okay, well, I can deal with this. And then you use like two more and it's like, oh, I'm getting a little low. Maybe it's because it's been years since I've had a tooth fall out. Maybe when I was a kid, that was a thing that I dreamed about. And maybe if I grow older and my teeth uh, start being less healthy, that will become more common. It might be a sign of you're not able to defend yourself against possible threats if you lose your teeth. Actually, that's apparently a thing that it could be about, yeah. uh, according to this list. Like, Well, I don't think it's really about your teeth. Yeah, It could be that your teeth uh, show, they're symbols of fear. This report says that it could be about a fear of getting old and being unattractive to others. So based on that, I think I would be having that dream every single night. <laughs> and I have never had that dream So, I don't know, maybe your explanation is better. Yeah, this one has a quote, like, If your teeth fall out, you lose personal power and your ability to be assertive, decisive, and self-protective. Which, I guess... That sounds a bit more in line. 
I, I'm going to be honest, my stance to a dream interpretation stems mostly from, is this like something a caveman could or would deal with? I feel like our dreams are just our caveman brains trying to interact with us. Yeah. Like, hey, there are invisible tigers behind you. How are you going to deal with that one? The primal instincts of run. Yeah. You have, you have to survive these situations. How are you going to deal with them when they inevitably come up in your life? When invisible tigers attack you in the real world, you need to be prepared for it. It's, I mean, modern life is just very slow invisible tigers all the time. I feel like we would do better if we just had very, not very, but, you know, regular speed, normal tigers, as opposed to the very slow invisible ones. I have to say, I'm personally very happy that I don't encounter tigers very often in my regular day-to-day life. I think it'd be dope. <laughs> <laughs> I got sick. There's a tiger over there. Nice. So why do you think we don't remember our dreams? Because I know I wake up and immediately forget the dream that I just had. I'm thinking as I'm waking up, I'm remembering that I need to remember my dream. And then I wake up and I totally forget. I have no idea how that works. Because some people are able to remember their dreams in like deep clarity. But yeah, I very much have those experiences where like, wow, that was a super cool dream. What was it about? Because it's immediately fled my recollection. And mm. I wonder if it's just a part of it is that because we're not actually experiencing it, nothing's imprinting on our brain. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So like there's, it's a lot harder to remember something when you don't have an immediate, uh, an you, immediate way to recall it. You don't have a touchstone. You don't have anything to remember it from. Yeah. Like in real life, like if I had a dream about falling off a ladder like, if I didn't actually fall off a ladder and it happened in my dream, I wouldn't have any way to remember that because I wouldn't be injured. Meanwhile, in the real world, I very much remember falling off a ladder because I have I have reason to believe it happened. You have reason to feel it. Like the bruises on my legs. There's something there to remind me. And sometimes, you know, you have those moments of, like, deja vu where you're like, has this happened to me before? I remember this in clarity. And it could just be you're seeing something in the real world that's reminding you of a dream. That actually might be a pretty good connection michael seeing it could be that while you're dreaming none of your senses are really sensing anything in the dream but in the real life you know of course they are there's no stimulus for dreams other than your brain's going yeah well certain things you should never do in a dream Hmm? well if you dream that you're peeing make yourself wake up oh if i think (laughs) if you dream you're peeing you're gonna wake up in just a moment because you're about to have a very real sensation. Thank you for reminding me, Mom. That was a... I am suddenly reminded of a dream I had in childhood. Okay. I think, yeah, we've all had that kind of dream at least once. Yeah. I I was a child, of course, when I had this, but I dreamt that I was a plumber. Specifically that I was in our bathroom sink. I was standing in the bathroom sink working on the faucet as it was gushing. And it was a fairly deep sink because I was able to stand in the basin and I was just kind of like up to my shoulders in water. It's like, huh, bet I could pee right now and no one would notice or care because I'm already wet. (laughs) (laughs) So I did. (laughs) And then then you did. And then I woke up and suddenly people did care. (laughs) It's just like... It's a sink, so it's a regular basin, but I was able to stand fully in it. I was shoulder deep in water. 
Now I get it. Size is relative in a dream, especially because like your your logic isn't always one hundred percent accurate in a dream. It's no. just this feels right in the moment. Mm. I believe this could happen. So on a similar note. How do you guys feel about lucid dreams? Have you guys ever had like a dream where like, this is a dream and I know it? I don't think I've ever had one of those. No, never. Never? I've I've never questioned dreams when I was in them. I've always been so accepting of whatever was happening. It's just like, okay, time to do this now. I don't either really, because most of my dreams tend to be pretty well based in reality. There's those dog noises you were talking about that are definitely in the background of our recording. Oh yeah, certainly. In case anybody heard that, that is our dog. He does um, stay usually in the near vicinity while we're recording and he is not completely silent. We do try to walk him before we talk so that he at least isn't whining and barking. But yeah, he shakes and makes noise. His name is Romeo and I like him and he should be quiet. He's wonderful, and God, is he the noisiest dog I've ever seen. Sometimes. Luckily not when we're recording most of the time. But we love him, and if ever we do another episode about pets, we'll talk about him again. Yes. Anyways, lucid dreams. I've only had, like, two experiences in my life uh, where I've been lucid dreaming, and both those times are hugely frustrating. Because you know everyone, like, the big desire that people have when they're like, I'm dreaming, I want to fly in my dream, that's something I want to experience. Or so I've heard. I feel like that was more true in maybe past generations, but I feel like that might be like a freedom sort of thing. Yeah, I've never been able to fly in a dream uh, because I have no idea what that would feel like personally. Yeah. But like when I'm lucid, the one time that I really knew I was lucid dreaming, I'm like, this is a dream. I 100% know it. I'm going to try and fly. And I couldn't. I'd try and, like, jump off off the ground. I'd try and just, like, float there. No, I always fell right back down, and I couldn't fly. And I just had to deal with it. I couldn't even wake up immediately. I couldn't decide, this is boring. I don't want to deal with this anymore. I just had to deal with knowing it was a dream and nothing interesting was happening at all. I'm sorry, Michael. And thank you for reminding me of a dream that I've once had. (laughs) It had to have been second grade. I was dreaming, and I was like, huh, I'm probably dreaming right now. Oh, frick, I'm definitely dreaming right now. So I told a friend who was right next to me, hey, pinch me. I need to wake up. He's like, I'm not going to pinch you. Why would I pinch you? And I just had to try to convince this guy who was standing next to me to pinch me to wake me up, because I don't want to be asleep right now. So why didn't you pinch yourself? (sighs) Michael, (laughs) I'm not here to make sense. I'm here to get pinched in dreams. Anyway, he refused to do it, and I just said, okay, well, enough of this, and I just kind of walked off. I'm pretty sure we already want our next episode to be philosophy. Oh, we maybe should mention we have at least one listener. Yeah, your brother. We have a listener who contacted us and actually even gave us a podcast suggestion. If you have any more suggestions for podcast topics, uh, text it to us because you definitely have our phone numbers. Well, and also we are thinking about the topic that you suggested because, uh, and also... <laughs> we want to do it right first and foremost. Yes, we do. Next week, we over the course of the next, until we record the next episode, probably a week or two, we are going to be researching on our own time and going in depth so that we can 100% scientifically give you the answer to the meaning of life.
that is what Michael's doing. I'm just going to barely think about it, maybe watch some Monty Python, and I'll do the same. I did watch a couple of Douglas Adams' interviews. He seems like an interesting character. Yeah, I really like Douglas Adams. He's one of my favorite authors. He's a well-read dude. So we're going to look forward to this next episode. We have a little research to do. And we'll probably be wrong, but at least we'll have an opinion. Send us your personal philosophies and meanings of life to our uh, email address, which we don't have yet. And the Twitter account that we have? That we don't have that either. That we don't have yet. To our Facebook group. At least as of recording this episode, we definitely don't have a Twitter account. So then text us because you know our phone numbers. (laughs) Yeah, uh, we'll figure that out eventually, maybe. John, I think that's the end of the episode. Do you want to give us some words of wisdom? I'll maybe be able to come up with a couple. From the late, great Will Rogers, never let yesterday use up too much of today. Wow, that's actually some wisdom. Yeah, it's been a while, I know. <laughs> I've, I've been running low. Anyways, that's all for this episode. We will, we will hear from you guys, or you'll hear from us, next time. I think they're hearing from us this time, actually. That's the way podcasts well, work. Well, we'll hear from us again. Okay. I mean, that's true as well. I mean, like, I assume we're going, we just said we were going to do another episode, so. Yeah, are we? We're obligated to at least one more. Okay. We're obligated to at least try and make that episode. What number are we up to now? 20? I don't know. This is 16. This is 16. Wow. I'm doing too many of these. <laughs>